It's time to talk football. It's time to talk Dons. North Zone 1, Red Review. Hello and welcome to the first ever Red Review podcast. I'm Alan Davidson and every week I'm going to be joined by Dave Galloway and a host of guests looking back on everything that's happened in that weekend's SPFL. This week we have no Dave Galloway so I'm joined by Lewis Mickey. Good start Dave. And we're going to wrap up everything that happened this weekend's game with Hearts, last week's European tie against Shakura Shachkir and all the summer's action from around Scotland. Couldn't be more pleased with my team that the fact that when we looked down and out we carried the fight and found a way, dragged ourselves into a win because even at two each you could maybe forgive my team to think, do you know what, after Thursday night, but I want to come back for that. North Sound One Red Review. Lewis, what a game to start the season. <laughs> yeah, uh, I suppose it was it had basically everything, didn't it? Plenty of goals, late drama, red card and a lot of fouls as well. So um, certainly entertaining and Aberdeen come out with three points so they've got to be happy with that yeah I mean I think if just first take on it if you're a Hearts fan it's going to be a long season yeah I imagine so it did look a little bit better when they had Washington and Naismith on to be fair but even then it's still kind of lump it up and uh, a lot of battling away so I think it could be at least against teams like Aberdeen, a hard watch. I don't know if maybe when they're playing the, the lower down teams that maybe it's a little bit better to watch. But from what I hear from Hearts fans, not not really. No, it is just, it's a Craig Levine Hearts kind of side. And it seems to be full of just giants like Ikpiezu, whose first thought is, where's the man? He, he played the man more than the ball yesterday. Um, the one on Scott McKenna, I think I said to you before we started recording, from the angle I was at, I was like, well, he's dead. Yeah, uh, he had some interesting ones. Um, I mean, that one with Scott McKenna, the only thing I could say in defence for him is he's looking at the ball. But at the same time, that's what I thought Dominic Ball was doing in that, that semi-final against Celtic. And yeah, I think if it had um, maybe been on TV and stuff like that, you might have seen a lot of different replays and a lot of people being really quite angry about it. But I guess Scott McKenna, he got up. He, he doesn't seem like he's going to take any kind of hard hits to the head. He's got a pretty big head. <laughs> so... No, it's kind of kind of like being tackled by a train. <laughs> well, I I did see someone compare him yesterday. I said that I find it quite funny when he um, starts to sprint, and someone said it was like watching a locomotive train get going. So that's quite an apt. Uh, it's, it's the arms, comparison. isn't it? Oh yeah, it's, it's amazing, and it's just in his face as well. And I think actually speaking of Scott McKenna, I saw yesterday he went sprinting for something. Scott McKenna kind of just marshaled it out for a throw in. And then McKenna just turns around, he's just smiling. He's just, he can't <laughs> believe what he's just seen. So that, that was certainly a, a highlight of yesterday as well. And as I think, on, on, on to the kind of football, I think going forward, great from the Dons again. Um, especially after, I mean, Thursday night was although 5-0 comfortable. European tie this early in the season, two games in four days. You understand why the manager rested McGinn and Hedges. I think there were a lot of questions early on, um, kind of on Twitter and things you were seeing, people going, Hedges was the best player in the park by a mile on Thursday. Why is he on the bench? Turns out Derek was right. Yeah, um, I mean, obviously Hedges came on and, and made that difference, but if he had started him, he might not have got to do that because he got to come on with that extra energy. And, I mean, Scott Wright and, and James Wilson, they, they didn't necessarily have you know any goals or anything like that, but I still think the manager are probably quite happy with what they did because I think they were probably on there to allow... Sam Cosgrove to do what he did they did a lot of his running and um, Scott Wright had some good moments and I would assume James Wilson's probably maybe not quite where um, they're wanting him in fitness so that's a lot of improvement for them and it it shows there's a lot of depth I mean you look at the the players that were out injured yesterday as well 
McLennan, Bryson, Taylor, Devlin, that's all depth that's going to combat that squad, Maine as well. So there's there's a lot of depth for, for Derek McInnes to play with this season. I think, like I said, well, Hickey, uh, the Aaron Hickey's first booking was for the foul on Wright, who I think did a lot of good running. I think it was somebody else. One of the other bookings was on Scott Wright as well. I think so. He's one of those um, players that gets fouled a lot. It's a bit, bit of a Ryan Fraser feel to it, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Again, going forward, defensively, I think still some questions. That's... I think the first goal, unlucky. I think we should deal with the long ball better. But actually, when you see it, Logan does win the header. Um, but that second was a carbon copy of the Rops goal. It was again we've been that that kind of high line has been done twice very easily, and it's something that Derek really needs to get a, a hang on because be- better teams will exploit that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's been over a season since he's really got to have like a consecutive amount of games where he's got the same back four. So I think that's what he's probably hoping for. He wants to have a back four. He knows he has this season and keep them fit. Um, which at the moment would be, it seems, McKenna, Constantine, Lee and, and Logan, but obviously that could still change, so we'll see. Yeah, I'm not sure Ash Taylor coming in is the answer to salt the sort, sort defensive way. I, I would think he's probably still the final choice um, beyond them. I, I'm not, you know, as much of a... I'm not as negative on Ash Taylor as maybe some other people are. Like me. Um, yeah, I suppose, <laughs> but I mean, I, I wouldn't necessarily start him ahead of Devlin, Constantine or McKenna. But um, you'll, you'll definitely have his uses. And again, it depends on what team you're playing. There's also a bit of depth there now as well when you look at John Gallagher can play further back. And also there was uh, 16-year-old Calvin Ramsey on the bench yesterday. And, and um, Derek McKinnon was saying in his press conference, the only reason he hadn't been in his squads for Europe up until this point is he's only just turned 16. Um, so having someone like that so young, he looks like he might be the backup for Shea Logan at right back, which can have it if needed for a while. Um, but I also... I, from what it seems Derek McInnes still wants another signing defensively so there'll be numbers there at least and, but again I think it's he'll, he'll want a settled back four um, and kind of get them those sort of goals won't happen when you have that kind of settled back four who know where they're all going to be at the same time Yeah well that kind of brings us on nicely to some of the new signings so we've seen them kind of some of them have played a wee bit more than others but we've, we've now seen most of them um, apart from maybe Bryson um, who's still got a bit to go to come back from that, that ankle injury. Um, thoughts so far? Who's impressed? I think it could potentially, I mean, obviously it's early days, but it could go down as the, the best summer transfer window Derek McInnes has had at the club. Um, he's had some good signings, but kind of isolated. So, you know, Adam Rooney came in on one window, Shea Logan, I think might have actually came in on loan on that same window. So that's probably the the benchmark that's been set. And that was a January window for him. Yeah, that was Logan, Logan came in the day before the St Johnston. Yeah. semi-final and started it started at Tynecastle yeah so but I think it's been a really good window because you look I mean for me the, the big one is probably Ryan Hedges he seems like a player who comes in straight away and is like a star player He he's that guy who he scored and he's just going to make himself an important player straight away and on top of that I think there's been too many players that have left for free for Aberdeen in the last few years so Derek McInnes will probably be looking to have players who might have a sell-on value and at his age being a Welsh international He's either going to be a really important part for Aberdeen or if he does leave, they could maybe get some money for him. But I think he's the most impressive one. And um, I still think that, you know, all the signs look pretty good, but Funso Ojo looks like exactly the kind of player that, that they were needing. Greg Lee looks, you know, a good replacement for Matt Lowe. I, actually, on, on Greg Lee, I thought that actually Greg Lee looks like Max, but a better defender. He looks more... I always thought Max looked great going for... Oh, kind of like Shea on the other side, to be honest. Um... I think Max Lowe, Max Lowe looked brilliant going forward, but sometimes was caught out defensively. Um, wasn't wasn't all kind of great going forwards, not so great going backwards. I thought Greg Lee, especially in the the European tie, 
it went into some challenges and looked like a proper defender. Yeah, I mean, you look at their attacking kind of abilities are probably quite similar, but Greg Lee does seem to have a deeper starting position, which can be needed at times because Shea Logan gets so far forward, as you said, at the right side. Um, so, yeah, I think, I mean, he looked really good in those other two games, and you have to keep in mind he barely had a preseason. So he's come back from injury and played, I think he played 70 minutes the other day, so what, that's 160 minutes in four days. Yeah, It's pretty good um, considering he had an ankle injury. And, yeah, I think that looks a really positive signing. And the best part about it is Aberdeen have relied on loans so much. And, yes, he is on loan, but there is that buy clause. And you look at someone like Joe, um, John Gallagher as well. Um, from from what I've heard, that's one of those where there could be the potential that could turn permanent as well. So they're not relying on loans as much, and um, that can only be a positive thing. Well, I think Gallagher would be a great one to sign up. I mean, I think I saw, I can't remember who I saw from on Twitter, but there was something about one third of the world is covered by water, the other two are covered by John Gallagher. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> that that certainly seems true. He seems like one of those players where, especially in Europe, European games, I thought like got to about 70 minutes, I'm like, they're going to have to sub him soon, he looks he looks like on his feet, and then he just make this massive sprint. I think Zarek McKinnis said something similar yesterday as well, he just surprises you how much energy he has, how intense he is with it, um, and I don't want to say it too early, but he does remind me a little bit of Johnny Hayes, which is a dangerous thing to say. Yeah, well I, th- I thought Gallagher, it was the same, it was the, it was the, the uh, European tie the other night, we're 5-0 up and he's still chasing down the goalkeeper in the 90th minute. <laughs> I mean, in fairness, with that goalkeeper you had to take your chances, didn't you? So... <laughs> You know, so I think I think good good window all round. Um, moving on, some of the other kind of transfer business outside the Dons. Who's impressed you? Who what, what, who what do you think is going to be a? I mean, you'd think that they'd have to have impressed me, but Rangers have had some good signings. But with the amount they're spending, it had to be. Um, you look at Joe Aribo, I believe is how you pronounce it. Well, I'll learn how to pronounce that. I suppose, but he looks a really good midfielder. Although their midfield just seems the, the centre three seems so stacked. I don't know who their kind of starting three would be. And then, I don't know much on their, their wide players don't impress me as much, but their defenders, they've recruited Wells also. I'm not too sure about Celtic's business. Um, they've done some necessary transfers, but whether or not they're ones that kind of make you go, wow, that's amazing. But they already had those players, I suppose. And then uh, Hibbs, I'm not too sure on yet. I think there could be some good players. Scott Allen, proven he's a good signing yeah, on, on Saturday. Scott Allen, if, if he's the player that left Hibbs, mm-hmm. if they've got him back going to be a great bit of business um, the one the one kind of player that would stand out for me is actually he did, didn't shine yesterday but I think Craig Halkett will be a brilliant bit of business for Hearts definitely and I think the way Derek McInnes spoke about him um, in his pre-press conference sounded like one he obviously likes Craig Halkett which might suggest to people that maybe he was actually interested in him as well um, and yeah Craig Halkett looks like he's already the best defender at at hearts, John Suter's good, but I mean, in terms of being an absolute defender, Craig Halkett looks really, really good. Yeah, well, that's obviously that Suter injured again already. It uh, looks like ankle ligament. Yes. Um, that's just can't seem to get a run of games together. And Christoph Berra is 104. <laughs> yeah, he's he is. Um, you, when you saw him trying to sprint after Cosgrove yesterday, you really noticed how how uh, leggy Christoph Berra is, to say the least. <laughs> no, um, elsewhere at Hearts, um, Naismith. This is an important signing for them. And Washington looked okay. On a four-year deal? The four-year deal's odd. I did see some people say that maybe that's to include his coaching. Um, at one point, he will transition to that. But yeah, that could come back to bite hearts because I'd imagine he surely goes in and instantly becomes their top earner. Yeah, and it's, I mean, I think he's great, but it's, I think I was speaking to a Hearts fan on Saturday and it's he'll be great for 15 games a season. Yeah. Because he, he has proven he's injury-prone, Naismith. Yeah. M- that- much like Suter, and it's, 
Hearts had a great run at the start of this season. Those two got injured and it fell apart last year. Um, mm. They've they're relying on the same two again, hoping they stay fit. Definitely. I think Washington showed a bit of potential yesterday, but he also missed a quite good chance. I actually thought it went in, but hit the side netting. And um, he'll he'll be one who could turn out well, but there's been a few players that have come up to Scotland and you think, oh, well, he's done well done south. He'll, he'll come up and do well. But if you don't fit in early on, then it kind of just goes on a downward spiral. Right, so elsewhere, let's go on to who's going to win the league, who's going down, who's going to have a good season. What do you reckon? Who have you got as your champions this year? I still think Celtic. Um, I think Rangers can push them just with the amount of money they've spent, the depth they have. But there's just something about the way that Celtic, you look at what they did to St Johnston, Rangers aren't doing that to teams yet. Um, so the goal difference, if that came into play, Celtic will probably have a better goal difference the way that that's kind of working out. And I still think they just have a bit of a... The mentality has changed a bit where Rangers did get a few results in the Old Firm Derby last year. But I still think they sometimes have that edge um, in the Old Firm Derbies, which will be crucial this season, I think. So going by what you said there, you're Celtic at one, Rangers second? Yeah, I'd like to say Aberdeen second, but when you look at those squads, you look at the, the if Rangers found themselves four points behind Aberdeen in January, they'll just go out and spend a heap of money. So it, it would be difficult for that to happen. But having said that, you all play the same teams and it doesn't matter if Rangers are two times better than all the rest of them other than Aberdeen. If Aberdeen are still good enough to beat the rest of them, they'll keep pace. But I still think Rangers will probably be second and, and Aberdeen third for me. Aberdeen third. Okay, who have you got in that automatic relegation spot? Who's going Who's going straight down? It's a tough one because I, I was kind of thinking maybe St Mirren, but I do like Jim Goodwin as a manager. And also on top of that, they almost held out Hibs at Easter Road, which could be important. Uh, but I think I'm still I'm still going to go with St Mirren just because I'm not too sure where their goals are going to come from and also on top of that there's kind of scrappy teams like Livingston like Hamilton that might be around them but I think we'll pick up enough points in games where you don't expect them to that's the thing with St Mirren they almost picked up a draw against Hibs but at the end of the day they came out empty handed Hamilton for example might have held on in that situation yeah well I've, this is the first thing we've disagreed on I've got Hamilton going down I'm gonna I'm gonna be that guy this year. I've learned every, my lesson. Every, I've said every, every year, year, every year, someone tips Hamilton to go down, and they don't. But this year, they've stuck around long enough. I just think that the teams around them are gradually improving. Hamilton have always ground out results in the last few weeks of the season that have got them over the line. Um, I just think there's now, I think the quality of the whole league's improved. I really do. In the last few years, the, the quality in the, the entire league has massively improved. Um, and I think the teams around Hamilton are, are going to pick up enough points through the season that by kind of April, by the time Hamilton decide, oh, we should probably pick up some points, I wonder if it might be too late this time around. Yeah, Hamilton's an interesting one for me as well because they had this way they played under Martin Cannon and now Brian Rice comes in and he wanted to play more attacking. In short term, it's worked. But as soon as that doesn't work, you then have this interesting kind of conversation to have where it's like, do you stick with that? Or do then they then revert back to playing defensively, which they won't be set out to do anymore because he's signed players that he wants to play in the way he wants to play. But then also on top of that, I have a few Hamilton fans actually who follow me on Twitter and from what they seem to say, they need probably two centre-backs, which has always been kind of Hamilton's strength defensively. But then on top of that, I don't actually know who they like, will maybe go and score enough goals for them this season. So yeah, I can see, I can see why I've just... I can't uh, bet against Hamilton anymore because they've burned me too many times. <laughs> but I would say they'd probably be second bottom for me. Uh, well, that, that, that's just got the bottom to the other end. I've got St Mirren in that, St. Mirren in that playoff spot. Um, the other notable through the league for me, I've got St Johnston in 10th. I think it's 
I've actually I would have Wright as my tip to be the first manager out this year. I would definitely agree with that. I, I think, I think Tommy was Tommy was kind of hanging on by the end of last season. I think the the, the goodwill towards him has possibly gone. Yeah. Um, he also seems to just be going at his players in press conferences a little bit much and having played one game of the season that's that's a dangerous game to be playing because um, they do have a good squad there but then you also have to think about what co- different transfers that could happen this week what consequences might that have for St Johnson because they could lose key players if, if other teams need to react yeah I just, I just think St Johnson St Johnson for me I think Tommy, Tommy Wright's had his time um, and I think possibly Tommy knows that um, yeah. that it's just he maybe should have taken one of the offers a couple of years ago when his stock was high yeah. he's now Nobody's looking at Tommy, right? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't have them maybe quite as low as 10th. I'm maybe thinking Livingston there. Um, but 9th would seem there, thereabouts, I think. Yeah. No, again, I expect I expect Livingston to be safe. Um, again, that that pitch is such a leveller, um, which I think will we'll keep them up um, as much as I would purely from a bias against artificial pitches. Quite like to see Livingston and Hamilton go and take the pitches with them. Um, I can't see it happening. I would expect Livingston to to, to be there. Um, Kelly probably. I've kind of got that middle three of kind of Hart, Kelly, Motherwell, and I don't. Those three could end up in any sort of yeah. any sort of order, depending what. I mean, the European campaign was a disaster, um, and it seemed like Kilmarnock were struggling, and I thought Alessio was going to be under pressure pretty quickly. By all accounts, they, they against Rangers they did pretty well. Um, we seem to have maybe be buying into his way of playing. Yeah, I think they still have that kind of fight about them, a bit of kind of spirit, but at the same time, you look at their bench, that's what probably worries me the most. They've got a couple of players who were unknown at League One last season and by all counts did well in League One, but that's a very big jump. And they could be playing first team if he doesn't sign anyone in this kind of end of the window. And then what happens if there's injuries? What happens if an English club come in with a late bid for Eamon Brophy? That could really um, give them some issues. I, I, I would have Kilmarnock finishing outside the, the top six, I think. I think it's between them and Motherwell to basically complete the, what I think would be the kind of top five. Uh, and then just edging towards Motherwell, I would say. Yeah. Okay, so elsewhere, let's go round the results from this weekend. So starting off, Celtics 7-0 demolition job. On St Johnston, real statement of intent from the champions, and it could have been more. Yeah, I mean, as we were saying about Tommy Wright, it maybe says more about St Johnston than it does Celtic. Celtic always have that ability just to rip teams apart if they're not playing well. And um, I think Ryan Christie scoring a hat trick is important though, because it shows they have goals from all different areas of the pitch, and it shows what a player he is went into. I mean, he was he was good when he was at Aberdeen, but he was never looked like he was a player who was going to go score a hat trick. He's, um, he's kicked on, yeah, um, definitely. And I think we saw that towards the end of his spell at Aberdeen. Um, he he just looked like he'd he'd moved on that way, but and he's definitely stepped up since he went to Celtic. Just to think, we could have had him for it was, it was a couple of hundred thousand. If only Hibs, if only Hibs would have sold John McGinn. Another reason for me not to like Hibs. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. That is definitely fair. Um, on, on two Hibs, one 0 win at home to St Mirren. Not convincing, but three points, and that's all that matters at this stage, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, after having a kind of uneventful group stage in the the League Cup, as long as they've got the three points and a clean sheet as well, I suppose that's the important part for them. 
Um, I, I do wonder though if there's going to be teams who we're both expecting St Mirren to be somewhere in the bottom two. Any teams above that, if they're going to be better defensively, would they have then shut out Hibs? Um, because it did just seem there was a bit of a, a switch off in the midfield, it allowed a through ball, and that's how that goal came about. So. Hibs will be one that I think we'll find out a bit more in the next couple of months. I think it's hard to judge them at the moment. Um, but to be able to win when you're not playing your best, that's that's a mark of a team who will probably do quite well. And then Livingston, Motherwell. Nil-nil draw, and it won't be the last time we have that at Livingston at home this season. No, no. But that's probably, again, why we both think the Livingston won't go down. Motherwell, maybe that gives a good reason as to maybe why they shouldn't be my prediction to finish in the top six. But... I do think as the season progresses, they'll do better because they're doing the same thing they did last year. They're bringing in young players. The more acclimatised they get to this league, they'll do quite well. Yeah, and finally, New Boys County, 3-0 win at home to Hamilton. Comfortable, look good. Uh, Expect County to do well this year, actually. I I might come back to regret, but I don't think they're in any danger. I expect them to survive comfortably this year. Yeah, I don't think they'll be in much danger. And then on top of that, I'm saying about the top six, even Ross County could take that last position because I just think there's weak teams, not necessarily weak as the bottom, but there's weaker teams competing for that and um, County could end up there. I feel like they'll probably have a bit of inconsistency about them. They had that even in the championship last year, but you need to be beating teams like Hamilton if you want to stay in the league and they did that and, and then some really. And Billy Mackay got a goal in that game as well. Jordan Stewart was doing quite well. That shows they have some attacking intent as well, which is... Um, really important if you can have a, a guy who's going to score you say 10 goals a season that's probably enough to keep you up as well uh, and finally obviously we've covered the Aberdeen game finally we've got to say congratulations to Rangers for winning the league on Saturday yeah Sunday sorry um, <laughs> that, was, that not, was that not what happened? Um, I'm not no, quite cup, not, was, it, was not, that a cup final? no no, no um, it was it was a win it was a win over the Kilmarnock but why were they fans on the... Uh, I don't know are we, um, sure, are, we <laughs> sure, are we sure they didn't win the league? I, I saw the photos of the celebrations it looked like they'd won the league yeah, uh, I don't know. I feel like the I, I can't be bothered being the person who gets worked up about it, but I I don't see the point in uh It takes away the magic of a pitch invasion when you do it like every kind of few games, but uh, each their own. And long as you don't destroy a disabled area, that that part I didn't like. But I think we've seen plenty of Rangers fans even saying you know that was yeah, that was bad. The thing so. is, and it's this is what I'm coming on to. There is a serious point in all my joking, but I had to first show. You've got to get a dig in at Rangers. Well, yeah. My, my goal be. is to have at least one every week for the whole season. Would it be Red Review? And they make it. Wasn't. They, they make it really easy, is the thing. And this is without Dave Galloway. Imagine how many digs will be at Dave here. Um, it yeah, is. Yeah. It, it's like my weekly pop at Rangers. It's, it's really easy because, I mean, we haven't even mentioned £30 million bids from. <laughs> well, well, let's just hope one of those comes in for. Scott McKenna maybe and then it's fine I'm I'm hoping this podcast goes really well and some Chinese radio station comes in for me for 50 million it might happen and, I'm to, and I'll turn it down obviously obviously but then you, <laughs> you'll get a nice boost from, from our side so it's fine no so serious serious point yeah there, there needs to be something done about this though because this isn't the first time you've had Rangers climbing on a similar section I remember them doing it here and it's not just Rangers I think Celtic did it here as well um, in those away sections climbing on those there needs to be action taken um, because Thankfully, no one was hurt, but how I'm not quite sure. I don't know if there was nobody in the section, um, but the, the it's just not on. Yeah, um, it's it's really concerning. You can even just look back over the last year, two years, and as you say, it's not just Rangers. Um, I you know I I might end up eating my words if someone finishes in top of this, but I would say you know like top five, the two Edinburgh clubs, two Glasgow clubs, and Aberdeen. 
all of those clubs have had problems in the last two years because we can't pretend and no, be it's, it's or, a, you know, it's, 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 it's not it's not a problem um, that's confined exclusively to, to yeah. the, 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 the old clubs. I think it's it's possibly worse among the two old firm clubs. Yeah, and that's part of that. That maybe so much that maybe that maybe that was about to say that maybe down to the fact that they're filling away filling the away ends at these grounds, um, especially down kind of Kilmarnock and stuff. Um, we take a decent support everywhere we go, um, but I think you have such a big following in those kind from those two clubs that every section every club has a percentage of idiots. It just happens that when there's five thousand of them there, yeah. The, the question is is just how how is there a way to stop it? I don't think that the answer is small fines because those clearly don't do anything. I don't think the answer is taking away a couple of rows next to the fence and in the south no. stand. Well, that, that, that's that, that's let's say that's a, this is a direct result of it is we've taken away kind of it's about eight or nine rows that have come out to stop them throwing stuff. Yeah, but it's, then I, I even looked at that on Saturday. Maybe it's just how far I look away. But I'm thinking people can still throw things that that far. Maybe yeah. not chairs, but coins are probably going to do more damage, mm. and they certainly will get over that. No, fence. Uh, like I say, I mean I. I for a long time sat right on that and I do think that the behaviour at that fence from both sets of supporters is worse than at most other away grounds in the country and I think it's because at most most grounds in the country there are, is a, a banner yeah. there's a banner and a line of stewards whereas when you've got a physical barrier between the fans I don't think that helps sometimes I think it means they know they can do just about whatever they like and the guy at the other side of the fence is not going to scale a fence yeah exactly it, it's not even just it's throwing things but that's even like the things that will probably be said across there it's um, it's, I, I don't know what the solution is yeah. but at the same time I'm not being paid to know what the solution no, is and and I, I do, want, I do wonder if part of it is actually and I, I noticed it on uh, yesterday there's a the physical barrier that's dividing the fans takes away that stairwell which I think is where a lot of the issues come from I wonder if it's not so much about taking away the seats as it is taking away access to those stairs Possibly. So you don't have both sets of fans going up that stairwell at the same time at full time or at half time. I think that's what a lot of the issues. I mean, I sitting in that section, I've been spat at. I've had coins thrown at me. It's not. It's not pleasant. Yeah. Um, and in the last couple of seasons, the I mean, the against certainly the old firm, it's been it's been vile. It's been. I mean, we're all up for an atmosphere and stuff at football, but I mean, it's been horrible. It's been. It's not been enjoyable at yeah. all. I mean, as much as we don't want to take away atmosphere from our game, I think the next step might have to be. If there's an incident, then next game that team doesn't have an away support, something like well, that. That's it. It's it's. I think there, there was so much chat over the summer of we need fan behaviour, fan behaviour, fan behaviour. This is week one. This is this is week one, and we were already talking about it. Um, and the other thing from that, I just wanted to point out was on to a little bit about referees this weekend. I thought, given the nature of the game and given the way Hearts played up here, I didn't think Don Robertson had too bad of a game. Um, yeah. I think he, he maybe missed a couple. I wonder if there was a couple that weren't missed as much as let go. Um, I think, the, like we said, the, the first one for McPaisio or McKenna, um, just for sheer clumsiness, could have been red. Um, he definitely should have gone for the one, for the later one on Ferguson, just after the red card. I think if they still had eleven on the pitch, he was gone. Yeah. Um, and then on to the inconsistency of referees. And this is where my Rangers point comes in. <laughs> um, Ryan Hedges, late winner. Smashes it into the top corner, runs, 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 jumps the advertising hoardings, runs to the bottom of the RDS, booked. Connor Goldson, yeah, runs towards the Rangers fans, causing the pitch invasion and the collapse. No yellow card. Yeah, it's an odd I, one. It's I've not. That. It's not a rule I agree with, 
But when you see what happened at Rugby Park, that is precisely the reason that rule is in place. And then the one time that there's actually something happens out of a player leave, because 99 times out of 100, you see players leave the field, run to their own support, get booked. No ill effect of the of him leaving the field. This time, the roof collapsed. Somebody could have been seriously hurt. Players, uh, fans ending up on the park, and there's no card. Yeah. It's it's the the inconsistency that gets me. It's like, and I think that's what you see players asking the same questions. And I think there were two or three times during the the game yesterday. You saw Aberdeen players going, "Well, you booked him for that. Why are you not booking him for that?" And I I don't know what the answer is here, but surely that's got to be called into question. That look, the players, have, the fans have ended up on the pitch. Book the guy. <laughs> yeah, I I always think that there's definitely a lot of inconsistency problems with referees in Scotland. It's not necessarily always big massive decisions to get wrong. It's just inconsistencies. And the, when I've talked to referees, the thing they seem to say is like, oh well, in the rule book it says it's down to the referee's discretion. It's like, well maybe the rule book should just have a blanket statement oh, on here it. We- here, here we go. I'm, I was prepared for that. I'm ready. I've got the rule book. Oh, well, here we so, go. So, th- this, is, this is the wording. And actually, based on this, and I didn't think about it at the time, based on this, Stephen Naismith should have been booked as well. But yeah. a player must be cautioned for climbing onto a perimeter fence and or approaching spectators in a manner which causes safety and or security issues. Well, Goldson surely how many is... the yellow cards would Fred Morelos have had last season at Batonji surely, if we did surely, this? Surely safety and or security issues... A roof collapse and a pitch invasion. That's both. That's quite a safety issue, yeah. Um, and then the Naismith one, gesturing or acting in a provocative, derisory or inflammatory manner. Surely gesturing towards the opposition is provocative. Yeah, it? I mean, this is where I'd like to see the change in it. Um, personally, I don't want to see players like Stephen Naismith getting booted for that sort of thing because I would absolutely love it if no, one that's of our it. players it's, did that. It's, so. it's as much as I remember... Um, it's only uh, one of the guys in the office is a Dundee fan and he still goes on about Niall McGinn running to the Derry at Dens when he sent them down I mean Niall McGinn and wasn't I, the villain that day it was Peter Pollitt so. no well, but it was after because Pollitt went out and then when McGinn scored, scored the penalty he ran towards the Dundee fans gesturing um, and it's as much as do you know what I think footballers take so much stick if, if you're if you're standing in the fans and I, in the stands sorry and I've, I've done it we've both done it I've stood there and slaughtered a player and then he scored and run towards us, giving it the kind of the cup in the ears or whatever. Fine. Yeah. If 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 you can dish it out, surely the players they can give a bit back. But in in the this this is my point. In the rules, it's not there's no grey area in that. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter how much of a slagging a player has been taken. They know they know that's the rule. They know not to react. And then when referees sometimes enforce it, it becomes because it, it's a it's a it's a yellow card for hedges whatever. But come midway through the season and he's suspended for talking up bookings that's yeah, when that's when it becomes yeah. a, that's when when the rules aren't being applied consistently it becomes an issue yeah. because that should have been a booking for the Hedges it should have been a second booking for Ikpiazu and it could be that he then now picks up five more booking points whatever it, I don't, can't remember the numbers but anyway picks up five more booking points and should miss the next game against us because of a talking up procedure and there's also a really important point in this, whereas we now have a fantasy football to be thinking about, and we can't have inconsistent bookings because Scotland now has fantasy football, and we can't be, have it being ruined by minus points because of bookings are no minus points because of bookings. And that's where I come down on this. I'm not even speaking <laughs> about fantasy football because I don't even know he was in my team. I couldn't get into it on Friday and check. No, because I picked a uh, dodgy. Oh, okay. I, I, I don't know that's pronunciation, but it's now he's he's now referred to as dodgy. 
Because he's in my team and he missed a sitter. <laughs> Diages it maybe. What just before we move on from referees, my favourite story from the weekend was at Cove to watch them absolutely thrash Edinburgh City. Paul Hartley pretty loud on the sidelines. Normally it is when you're at like those kind of grounds because it's smaller, and he's shouting at the linesman. And in fairness, this is like the, not even near the worst I've heard called that linesman. It's just going, "Oi linesman, oi linesman," and the linesman's trying to ignore him. And eventually he turns around and he just goes. I'm not here for you to shout at me. <laughs> and then there was obviously a reaction from the crowd of, yeah, you are. And then Paul Hartley was just kind of trying to keep a straight face, but a smirk just kept on coming out. He was just like, fair play, that was good. <laughs> that was a good one. No, so and, um, on to Cove, because we're just before we wrap up, that's a little bit about Cove. If you, you were there on yes. Saturday, impressive. Definitely. Edinburgh City, a lot of people to tip. I mean, I'm not going to get there and say I'm an expert on League Two football, but a lot of people's tip to go and win the league this year yeah absolute demolition were, were Cove Bryant or Edinburgh awful bit, bit of both bit of both um, so to me my initial reaction was just well, that was really good from Cove although I did think you know, surely a team who finished third last season in Edinburgh had the top goal scorer and on top of all that probably maybe should have finished higher than they did if they didn't have injuries at the end of the season they, they probably would have finished higher um, but I spoke to a couple of Edinburgh fans and they were definitely saying look I don't even know how good Cove are going to be this season because we were awful um, but you know you can only be who's in front of you and Cove certainly did that they have a, a goal scorer in Mitch Megason they have a, a left back in Harry Milne who scored twice as well um, Jordan Brown came off the bench and scored so it shows they have a lot of different goal scorers defensively they were never troubled which in fairness Blair Henderson scored like 30 odd goals in that league last season he I think missed a lot of the league cup with an injury and he just obviously wasn't fit ended up getting subbed um, but yeah Cove looked really really good I would say at the moment yeah they're my favourites to win the league there's a long time to go I think they probably won't perform the same way as they do at home, away from home. But I, I think, yeah, Cove could, could have a really good season this year because uh, shout out as well to two of the younger players on loan, Chris Antonanzi from Aberdeen and then uh, Declan Glass from Dundee United. They were easily two of the better players on the pitch. And you kind of just see what you get from that youth coaching at a top level. They they were just you know a step ahead of everything. Their passing was so quick. Um, so... They even have a bit of depth as well, which is always a problem at that level. So, yeah, Cove could be an interesting team to watch this season. I would certainly say if you if you go up to, to Balmoral, it's a, it's a good watch, actually. Uh, any game I've watched Cove, they've been fun to watch. Well, certainly, I think it's, I'm going to certainly try and take in a couple of games this season, certainly when if it dawns away and I'm not going to get, I'm going to make the most of the, watch the probably the, the girlfriend's disappointment. <laughs> um, when the Dons aren't playing, I'm going to go to Cove. Yeah, <laughs> at least it's not as far of a t- well. It's not, it's probably much the same trip as Pataudry, but it's better than an away day travel. Then you, yeah, you well, travel as long. Yeah, she still won't see me till no. the next month. <laughs> <laughs> there is actually a bar at the stadium, which I'm sure many people will love having up there. I've got to go and go and support Cove. Like, like you've got to like to see them doing well. Local sides got to see them doing well. Right, and finally, before we wrap up, quickly on to Croatia Thursday night. We now know it's going to be either AEK Larnica of Cyprus or Ghent of Belgium if we can get past Rijeka. How are you feeling? Um, Rijeka's a tough one to, to look at because this always happens in Europe. It's hard to know what a team's going to be like. We know we beat Rijeka before, but that was a few years ago. We're a very different team. The, 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 the well. feeling is that actually they're not as good anymore. That's, the well, the feeling is the current the current side at Rijeka aren't as good as the side that we we played. The difficulty is is sometimes when you go away from home first, it, it's it works both ways really. But you could go over there and they could get a very good result, and it makes it very hard for for Aberdeen at Pataudry. 
But if they go over there and get a good result, and a good result isn't the 3-0 last time, they could go over there and get a 0-0, and I think that would be a really good result to say to Tawdry. And then, actually, of the ties that they could have gotten in the last round, that's the nice. if they if they get through that, they go to the group stages, That that's a not a bad draw. And looking at the bright side of everything, at least we get some teams that are easier to pronounce now. <laughs> that's the way I'm looking at it. I still can, cannot pronounce... Uh, I can pronounce ROPS rather than any. Um, I'm going to try. Do you want to try that, you want to try that one again? Yes, Rovanemi, or is it Rops technically? It's, it's Rovanemi, isn't it? Rovanemi. Oh well, I see. I can't even do it's that. Not, that. It's not Rovanemi. Attempt the Georgians. Go on, give it a go. In terms of Georgians, was it Shakira? Shakira. It was Shakira. Shakir. I had Shakir and Shachkir. I wasn't sure which one it was. Well, after I never, I never, I never got, I never, I never got the answer on that. No. Speaking of pronunciations, I've got to give a mention to just because I thought I would. Um, Gordon Simpson match the announcer at the Rops game when he just gave up I do substitute I do coming on number 8 <laughs> <laughs> sorry had to get that in Gordon sorry um, no, so yeah recap looking forward to it hopefully we can get through this This. This third round has been the, the kind of the stumbling block for Derek's Aberdeen um, and I think we've seen real progression on the park so far this season I think we are a far better side than we were last year this current side reminds me a bit of the, the, the McGinn and Hayes and Rooney and, and that squad yeah. did really well. Um, certainly a lot more attacking, more attractive football. If we can get through this one, it's one of those, we could have had some real big names of European football. Um, I mean, Ghent, Ghent have, or no mugs, Ghent have been Champions League group stage yeah. um, in recent times. Um, but... I think it's about the best draw we could have hoped for, and I don't think there's any reason why if we can get past Rijeka, we can't go and beat one of those two. No, there's no. Re- I wouldn't go into those games thinking there's no chance. I think you look at the the two teams that really stuck out, and the ones that, that could have been there were Feyenoord and, and Espanyol, and it was like, you know, that kind of reminds you a little bit of that Real Sociedad. It's like that's a good tie. You get a big team. It'll be fun but you really have not much expectations of going through, um, which works both ways because of course if then. Aberdeen end up losing then maybe people will be frustrated but um, I think it's kind of works both ways I think it's teams that there could be a result there against but if they do end up going out to them it's not a big shock yeah. it's not it's not a a letting you know the supporters down type no thing. I, I, I think there's a um, there's not a massive in terms of my very limited knowledge of all three sides there's not a massive step up from Rijeka to AK or again I think if we can go and beat Rijeka there's no reason we can't go and beat one of the other two. Definitely. I think the, the real test is, I think Rijeka are a real footballing side, and certainly they were last time. Um, I think yesterday was a very different game to what we're going to face on Thursday. Um, one that may suit Aberdeen, because I think... I, I think we coped, better playing the ball on the ground and that sort of thing than they were last season. I actually, I actually think we coped possibly better than I expected with the tactics I expected from Hearts yesterday in just a Craig Levine Hearts team just kicking lumps. Yeah, you need those certain players in there who who manage that. So like the likes of Ferguson, Ojo, McKenna, and um, Considine. Considine's great because like you see all these players who get absolutely raging when they're just like getting pulled around and all that. And Considine basically just turns around and has like a wee kind of like, what was that? To the linesman. This man, I don't think can get annoyed. I don't physically think it can happen. No, but that, there we go. So that is first red review done. No swears. Made it. Yeah. I think it's it's, it's easy. It's it's easy. No swears when you win. That's true. When you're, when you're winning refereeing decisions, I think a couple of probably went against the weekend, but nothing that cost us is a difference. Um, just wait until we've got where it will they call them, and I might have to get I might have to get the bleeping button out. <laughs> no, so that is it for the first red review. We will be back next Monday 
Available on northsound1.com and on your favourite podcast source. It's time to talk football. It's time to talk Dons. North Zone 1. Red Review. 